Hey, murder lovers. My name is Mackenzie. And this is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. All right. So we want to start off with thanking everyone that entered the giveaway. Uh, we did that because it was a, a thank you for everyone that posted their Spotify lists and showing that you guys were hardcore listeners. So thank you very much. And the gifts, uh, by the time this recording comes out, you should be getting them. So that'll be a fun little surprise in the middle. So for those of you who live overseas. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm excited to see the masks and the bottles. Yeah, so make sure you post your pictures and tag us in it. Please do. Also, we have like this fun little highlight saved on our Instagram that saves all of your guys' photos that you tag us in if you're a giveaway winner. So like you'll be permanently stashed on our on our page, which is yes. fun. I like to see those. Me too. Yeah, they're fun. All right. What else has happened since we recorded? Well, I posted the other day that the Zodiac Killers, one of the coded letters right. that they wrote has been decoded. It literally tells me absolutely nothing. <laughs> Will you tell the listeners, please, what you told me? Because I hadn't looked that much into it, so I didn't know what was decoded. So... It wasn't like a groundbreaking, case-solving anything, right? No. No. Okay. So, basically, when I read it, I didn't even realize that that was actually, like, the decoded message. That's how, like... Oh. That's how (laughs) nonchalant it was. There was a lead that they were following up on about somebody that had called into a show... And had claimed that they were the Zodiac, and that was a lead that they were following. But basically, this letter has said that that is not them. So the decoding basically said, like, the person that called in wasn't me. I hope you're having fun chasing me. And something about living in paradise. And one of the reasons it took so long to decode is because paradise is spelled wrong. So they spelled it with a C instead of an S. And that really threw things off with the decoding. Sure. But basically it said that they were going to be living in paradise or, and they weren't afraid of the electric chair because they were going to paradise, which I was like, <laughs> bad chance. Um, and also talked about having slaves in paradise. It was very oh, odd and weird. bizarre. But it literally answered absolutely nothing. Definitely an asshole thing to do, though, to spend the time to make a letter that says, <laughs> like, no, 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 you can't catch me. Right, you know? to do a coded letter that also is speaking in code. Right. I'm like... So now we have to decode the uncoded letter. Like, really? (laughs) I mean, it's something. Good win for the... From what I read, it was like just internet sleuths that did it, right? Basically, it's these guys that... Are they program coders of some sort? I think, yeah, I think they do like... um, Coding. Coding, yeah, basically. And it sounds like they kind of had like an automated program that was running different... Scenarios. Yeah, just like uh, like, a... I mean, it's like a computer program that's just like running combinations. And I think it's kind of like some of those same like, um, like hacker type things where it's just running combinations until it clicks. Yeah. And yeah, so they finally, what has it been like? It's been a long time. It's Um, been a couple decades. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a few. And yeah, so now after all, which they haven't obviously been working on it this whole time, but they've been working on it for years. And it's one of the more problematic ones that has been written. And they're hoping now that they've got algorithm in place that they yeah. should be able to decode other ones. Yeah. Um, which would be really interesting to see. Can you imagine if I had that in my belt, I'd be knocking on FBI's door and be like, I need a job. 
here's what I can do. I can decode the fucking Zodiac. Honestly, <laughs> like, I don't know how that doesn't, like, secure you for life. Put that on a resume. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Skills. I decoded the Zodiac letter. <laughs> so you're applying for a job at McDonald's. I don't care. I decoded the Zodiac. <laughs> They're like, hired. Ma'am, I think you're a little overqualified for this. Aren't we all? Aren't right. we all overqualified? I do have a very graphic case for you today. God, I hate when you do these ones, honestly. Trigger warning, you're on the show. <laughs> yeah. You know what you got yourself into. True. So. And Fatina's telling the story um, today, so here so we are. If, if I have to, I mean, trigger warning, death. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to give it away I mean, by giving you, all the trigger warning. <laughs> if you came here thinking death wasn't going to be a topic, then this is the wrong podcast for you. I don't want to give it away because I'm going to give it away. I feel like the only one just that graphic. you like. I it's going like to get graphic. The one that people are bothered by the most is animals. No animals. Sexual assault. We will talk about no sexual assault. Oh, see, you guys will be no fine. No kids. Here we go. I'm trying to think of anything else that's that you need to know. I'll let you know when it's coming up. It gets pretty gross and detailed because I'm not going to spare you those details, but I will spare you by telling you if you want to fast forward, I'll let you know when. So shall we just get into it? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. So now I need to know what this disclaimer is all about. Okay. So this is a story that uh, hit the headlines back in 2016. It was around Thanksgiving just recently in September of 2020, it wrapped up. So I had to wait for everything to get wrapped up in in trial because we've had this conversation before. We want them to go through the legal system if possible, you know, before we... We like to provide an ending. Before we point fingers, before we say guilty, not guilty. We know, we have a conclusion. Right. So Before we get sued for not saying allegedly. Exactly. So... This one's wrapped up, it's ready to go, and I'm ready to give it to you guys. So, this is the story of the Guy family, G-U-Y. And I'm going to start with a little bit of background on the mom and dad, and then I will go into the rest of the family. So, Joel and Lisa Guy, nice family, lived in Knoxville, Tennessee, and Although Joel had been previously married, he had been married with Lisa for 31 years at this point. They had, he had two children, three children from his prior marriage, all girls, or set of twins. And then with Lisa, he had one boy, Joel Guy Jr. Okay. They lived in Knoxville, Tennessee. He was a pipeline engineer, technician type thing. And earlier in 2016, they did a reorganization. He was laid off slash retired early. Mm-hmm. The mom was a an accounts receivable person, and that's what she had done her whole career. With that said, they had this son who was very, very, and I cannot emphasize it enough, very dependent on them. More than anything financially. Before they moved to Knoxville, Tennessee, he finished off his high school at a boarding school, a very nice, prestigious boarding school by choice. That's what he wanted to do. The parents already knew that he had a head and 
for all this, you know, study stuff, he ultimately wanted to be a plastic surgeon. Wow. He ended up going to Louisiana State University. Mm-hmm. And in, by 2016, he had been in college for nine years. Oi vey. Nine years. That's a long time. And he wasn't time. taking any doctorate type classes. So that was just his anything. undergrad. Yes. Oh my okay. gosh. He lived off campus because at this point, he was, uh, Joel Guy Jr. was born in 1988. So he was by 2000, he was campus. too old to live on campus. <laughs> he did have one roommate. And by all accounts, he was a very reclusive type guy, kind that just went to school and went back home. His roommate said that he wouldn't see him for weeks at a time sometimes because he would just be in his room watching YouTube videos. Yeah. Okay. You would literally have to be going to school less than part-time all the time. He would spend a lot of the time by himself. And as far as food, bills, any other expenses that he had or any expenses that he did have were mm-hmm. paid by his parents. Tuition paid by his parents. Wow, must be nice. At this point in 2016, when he was 28, mm-hmm. he had never held a job. I really struggle with this concept because I'm like, how? Oh. Some families, I think, are fortunate enough to be able to help their kids that much, but which is great. Good for you. Which I can understand helping your kid get through college. But if your kid is going to school less yep. than half time all the time. Yep. I mean, he really was taking, like, at that point, if you're in school nine years, what are you taking? Nine to 12 credits. Right. And you're not working. And you're almost 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And even everyday finances, like gas in the tank, food, you know, all these things, his rent, his bills, they were all getting paid by him. Yeah. I would say at the very least, get a part-time job, figure, start figuring out. Put something on a resume. A, yeah. Exactly. That too. Get get something going. By this time, dad, senior, because they do have the same name, so I'll probably just call him senior and junior at this point. Okay. So senior at this point, earlier in 2016, had started his retirement process and was like, hey, mom and I, or you know, him and Lisa were thinking, well, we should downsize. We don't need this big home anymore. All the kids are out of the house. Let's start thinking about you getting retired for Lisa. Mm -hmm. So he had had it with financing Junior's life Mm -hmm. because he was just giving them, giving him money, giving him money. Yeah. um, Which is fine. But like we said, it's not. At some point, it's like. At some point, you got to cut the cord. You're a grown ass man, sir. Get your shit together. Lisa, I'm not a mom. But I'm assuming this was her thinking. That's her baby. Mm -hmm. She had already semi-retired, but took on another job just because the dad was like, I don't want to give him money anymore. So Lisa took on another job just to give him money. Oh, my gosh. So Lisa was... Which is the the part that's so (laughs) ironic to me is she was... She's willing to work to pay for his lifestyle, but she wasn't willing to have him work to pay for his lifestyle. Right, which is weird. really weird. Yeah. So, and most of the other girls, they knew that she took on a second job just to do this. They didn't approve of it, but who are they to say no, right? So, both of the girls that he had in a previous marriage, uh, their names are Angela and Michelle. They're the, the set of twins, and the younger one is Shandice. 
So Angela and Michelle, part of their testimony was that they described their relationship with Lisa. And that was that Lisa was not the mom they never had because they did have a mom, but their mom dynamic was different because their mom went through life as a single mom. Mm-hmm. Working as many jobs as she needed to to get by, to get, you know, keep a roof over their head. As opposed to Lisa, every time they would go over to, you know, mom and Lisa's house, dad and Lisa's house, there would be a hot meal, there would be candy on the shelves, there would be like, so you she know, was the more ideal of the mom. nurturing yes. role for them in their life. Right, leave it to beaver type of mom. And as they got older, uh, the one of the girls, Angela, said that. Lisa was her best friend. They mm-hmm. had a chat, a, a, a three-person chat between her mom, dad, and or Lisa, dad, and her. They were always talking. Uh, Michelle was the only one that still lived in Knoxville, Tennessee, but Angela was not too far away, so she would see them every once in a while. Mm-hmm. We're at this point where, so we're rolling up on Thanksgiving of 2016. A week before that, Lisa had put in her notice to her job, pulled a retirement trigger, saying, hey, one more week, I'm done with this job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to retire. Or two more weeks, I'm sorry. And so Lisa and and Senior planned on telling Junior when he came home for Christmas break that, hey, we're cutting everything off, we're selling this house, we're moving to Segroinsville, which is another small suburb where they are be closer to another daughter, um, just for the grandchildren and whatnot. They're ready to downsize. They don't need that big a home. And we're going to cut you off financially. Right. Figure your shit out. Right. So that heavy conversation they planned on having in December. But earlier um, in October, one of the daughters had gone over for dinner and... The dad and Lisa had told her that they plan on having this conversation with Junior. That was just in passing. They told her this yeah. conversation. And somewhere down the line, dad told Junior too, like, hey, you're going to have to start figuring stuff out. Mm-hmm. Mom's retiring, all this stuff. And he surprised them for Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, both of the daughters were going to be there, but one of them, Angela, couldn't make it. So Michelle was there with her three kids and they had Thanksgiving dinner, but what was really weird to her, a couple of things. When she came over, again, she was in the area, her dryer was broken, so she sent the kids into the house, and she was lugging in a load of laundry to dry it off, and she saw some blue plastic bins on the back of Junior's car and thought, well, that's weird, mm-hmm. because he's not home for more than a weekend, and why wouldn't he use suitcases for his stuff? Didn't think much of it. But then she went inside the house and they were, you know, getting dinner together, all these things. And she noticed that Junior was being super nice to her, to his nephews, to her kids, mm-hmm. which he never was. Not that he wasn't nice, but he was always in his room. Any family event, anytime people got together, he would just go back to his room. He wouldn't come and interact with anyone. He wouldn't he wouldn't be a part of the, the celebration or whatever, whatever was happening. 
And he even went as far as like bringing out some old toys that he had because his mom had kept his room intact while he's been away at college for nine years um, and was giving his nephew some toys. And so she thought that was weird. But hey, whatever. It's my brother. He's being nice to my my kids. Right. Yeah. Uh, They take a family picture together and Michelle says goodnight. She leaves with her sons. Shandis, who normally talked to her dad at least once a week, thought it was weird that she hadn't heard from her dad that Sunday after Thanksgiving. And then well, she thought, well, that's weird because it's her birthday. Mm-hmm. So it was her birthday on top of the weekly call that she didn't hear from her dad. So she thought that was weird. Um, and so she called her local sister, Michelle, was like, hey, have you heard from mom and dad? I haven't heard anything. She waited till Monday to call Michelle. Be like, hey, I didn't get a birthday call from dad. I've been calling them. Go straight to voicemail. The texts are not answering. Do you, like, what did I do? Did I piss him off? What's happening? Right. And Michelle, being a school teacher, was like, you know what? I'll try text them. If they don't answer, then I'll swing by after school. She never got the opportunity to do that. Midday, she got a call from the detective saying, please come meet us. We have found some bodies at your parents' house. So, I'm working a little backwards here. Because that same day, before the cops discovered the crime scene, Lisa's co-worker, or boss, called into 911 saying, hey, this is not like her. She's not answering calls. She's not answering texts. We had a lunch today in her honor for her retirement today, so we knew she was coming in, and she never not comes in and doesn't call or something. Right. So they, the cops go and do a welfare check. couple things. So the cops show up, and two cars are in the driveway. Mm-hmm. The house is locked. Uh, the, the cop knocks, rings the doorbell, doesn't get an answer. He goes and looks in the back. Uh, to the backyard he sees a a dog house he whistles to see if he gets maybe a dog's reaction you know owners if you hear your dog barking you're gonna come out nothing but at this point there's not much going on so no reason to be suspect of anything awry so they leave Mm -hmm. they did their welfare check and then a couple hours later uh when Lisa has still not showed up to work, and this is by the time that her lunch is supposed to be. The boss calls again, and she's like, hey, what came of that welfare check? And she's told, you know, there was nothing to raise suspicion, so the cop did a welfare check. And then she's like, no, listen, you have to go check again, because this is not normal, right? This is Mm -hmm. not normal for either of them. So this time... The department sends the same cop and then also sends a detective. And then the detective being the detective that he is, he noticed there's a for sale sign outside in the front on the front lawn. The mm. two cars are there, but no one's answering. And then they go through the back gate, which is open, but they go into the back porch and they see that the back door to the house, where the knob should be, there's just a hole. And in the body cams, you can see that the cop's looking at the detective in the door. 
the detective looks down to look through the hole where the knob would be mm-hmm. and feels heat and smells chemicals. So he's like, that's weird. So he goes out to the front again, and as he's thinking, he calls the number of the realtor that's on the front on the sign. And he asks, hey, you know, if this house is for sale, do you have a, a lockbox with a key? Shouldn't there be one? She's like, yeah, there should be one um, on the back door. And he's like, there's not even a knob there. So the realtor suggests, you know, if their cars are there like you say they are, look to see if there's a garage door opener. Everyone knew that Lisa used the garage door as her main point of entry to her house anyway. They go into one of the cars, into Lisa's car, and the car's open. They pop the door from the garage remote that's in mm-hmm. the car. Everything looks good in the garage. There's no cars in there because the cars are out in the driveway. The door from inside the garage leading into the house is open. Mm-hmm. So the cops at this point, they both draw their guns and they begin announcing themselves that they're there to do a welfare check, right? Mm -hmm. So they're starting to clear the house. They're going room by room. Things are a little off, but not too bad. They walk through the kitchen. There's a, a woman's purse on the table. There's her wallet. There's a hammer on the table. There's uh, a big old pot of, uh, a big pot on the stove, and the gas is turned on, like the the fire mm-hmm. is going on, it's, so it's simmering, it's really low. I, the only way I can describe this big old pot, it's like it could feed a football team. It's like a tamale-making pot, it's so big. I don't know, what else, how do you describe that? Um, I don't know, it's a huge pot. Oh, like the type you would put like a turkey into? Yeah, like a stock pot type of thing. Okay. They're they're like, that's weird. There's food on, you know, there's just pot on the on the stove. And they keep walking through the house. That you can hear this dog in the background barking, going crazy. But he's not coming to them. So at this point they're like, Well, okay, well we're gonna keep checking for humans. Yeah. So we'll keep, find this dog eventually. Right, eventually. He'll lead us to him but um, they keep walking through the house, and this is all on body cam, so I'm just detailing what their walkthrough was like. Mm-hmm. So they're walking through the house. The house is really hot. Thermostat is set to 90 degrees. There's a second floor. They go up the first flight of stairs. Um, they have a landing, and then there's a second flight of stairs. And by the time they get to the second landing, there's a, a baby gate or a doggy gate on the top of the yeah. stairs, and there's blood splatter right there obviously fucking weird right yeah. they keep checking other parts of the house other rooms and then finally you can hear the detective say are those fucking hands and they're like we have to get out we have to clear the house we have to get out and call for backup there was a pair of dismembered hands that they found oh no so Oh, I failed to mention in the foyer, a foyer, foyer, foyer. Depends on how fancy you are. Foyer. <laughs> I always say the foyer. In the foyer of the house, um, there was groceries um, mm. and perishables that hadn't been put away. That had not been put away. In Lisa's car, there was still some groceries and perishables that had not been put away. Okay, so here's. <laughs> 
where it gets even shittier. So they call in the cops, all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And they call this, they call the the daughter, and they uh, meet with her, and they tell her that you know they found these two bodies. Do you know who's been in the house? Yeah, mom, dad, and my stepbrother, um, Joel Jr. And so they immediately start looking for him. And I don't know the specifics of this, but it's supposedly while the cops were securing the scene, he drove by and saw them and fled again. They caught him pretty quickly, though. So uh, whose bodies have we found at this point? Are you leading up to that? No, it's mom and dad. Okay. It's mom and dad. I wasn't sure. Well, the hands are dad's. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read to you what was written in a notebook that was in a backpack that's allegedly Joel's. I say allegedly because I'm pretty sure some evidence was kicked out of court, which is super and weird because it. it was not obtained correctly. Oh, okay. So uh, they they kicked some things out, but I'm pretty sure these were presented as evidence. So I'm going to read to you. Hold on. This is not graphic um, per se, but some could take it as graphic. So I'm going to lead off with that. So I'm going to read to you. It's not a manifesto, but it's a list of things for what a dumbass thinks he needs to get away with murder. Emphasis on the dumbass. Okay. Okay. Got it. So. It's like a moron's how-to guide or something. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so the first thing on the the first thing on the list. Get killing knives. Quiet. Multiple. Get killing car- knives? Uh-huh. I'd like to know how you go the shopping for that. Non-killing knives. <laughs> Excuse me, where are your killing knives? <laughs> The woman at home gets is like, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm really busy. Six feet, please, sir. <laughs> Get carving knives to make small pieces. Ooh. Get sledgehammer to crush bones. Bring blender and food grinder. Grind meat. Get bleach and denature proteins. Get plastic bin for denaturation process. So for this decomposing or like sped up decomposing that he wants to do, right? Does not matter where they're killed. Just get rid of bloody spots to prevent evidence of time of death. Not the mattress or the couches. Get rid of bodies inside the house and and their DNA is already there. Flush chunks down toilet. Uh, not garbage disposal. Our water system's not built for that. Uh, <laughs> get plastic sheeting for disposal process. Get hollow point bullets just in case. He crosses that out and then he says, We'll be seen buying bullets. Just use computer room gun. Check to make sure there were bullets. Last resort. So that's his last resort. But he, it's like he's creating a shopping list with reasons. Oh, he absolutely is. He's not alive to claim her half of the insurance money. All mine. $500,000. 
All mine. He's like, get rid of evidence, but also write everything in a letter uh-huh. for evidence. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Including your motive. Ex- which is all of it. Yeah, right. literally. The money. So flood the house, cover up with uh, covers up forensic evidence. Turn heater up as high as it goes. It speeds up decomposition. Bleach reacts with luminol just like blood. Douse area with bleach. <laughs> Big sprayer. Lie. Trash compactor? Question mark. Body gives time of death equals alibi. Don't have to get rid of body if there's no forensic evidence on the body. His fingerprints and DNA. Exhibit one. (laughs) You know, the whole flooding the house idea is actually not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. He's an idiot. Yeah. But that's not as bad as it... I mean, you're going to try to get away with shit. He didn't obviously take his own advice and flood the house, which... Right. Like, good idea, bad execution. And we'll touch on that, right? Okay, okay. So, minimize things I touch throughout the visit. He's calling this a visit. Sorry. It's just like, what? (laughs) We're coming over. (laughs) Right. Wear gloves and socks to prevent fingerprints and footprints. Drop something down the garbage disposal to break it. Get him on the ground, fixing it, kill him with the knife. So this was his plan, to break the garbage disposal, call dad, and say, hey, dad, can you come look at this? And while he's down there looking at the garbage disposal, kill him. That was with a killing knife or? With a killing knife. With a killing knife. Right. Obviously. What else would you use? So clean up mess from him before she gets home. Notice how he doesn't use names. Yeah, as if that's somehow, like, part of me thinks he's doing that to, like, you think? safeguard himself. Mm. But he hasn't been smart enough to safeguard <laughs> anything else. Kill her with the knife. Kill the dog. Crosses that out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Take dog with you. <laughs> and then place her in the shower, turn on hot water, and point at her to get rid of forensics. Remove her clothes and take them with me for disposal. Place him in plastic bin and use it to get him into the upstairs bathroom. Cut off his arm and plant his flesh under her fingernails. Place her hand with his DNA so that his DNA is not washed away by shower. Use sodium to destroy his soft tissue and soften bones for transport. Based once every hour to accelerate. Based. Like a motherfucking turkey. Ew. Yeah. Flush sodium hydroxide down the toilet. Wash out bin with handheld shower head. And then direct handheld into the toilet to flush everything out of the pipes and into public washway. Oh. Waterway. Sorry. Douse... Both rooms and the kitchen with bleach. Place her curler with flammable paper and flammable containers and gasoline in four locations. His killing room, her killing room, his bathroom, her bathroom. The killing rooms go with the killing knives. Right, with the yeah. set. Okay. Wipe <laughs> they sell those at Target. 
They're on special right now for Christmas. It's like a bundle save thing. Yeah. It's in the family section. Wipe down areas near killing rooms and bathrooms. Turn heaters up to 90 degrees to melt fingerprints and dry everything. That's not how science works, genius, but okay. Um, set her phone to send me a text message late Sunday to prove that I was in Baton Rouge and she was still alive. Leave through front door and wipe down doorknobs. Timer for flammable set for Friday at 10 a.m. Sunlight masks fire but not smoke call into work so they can't report it and then he goes on to list their assets oh okay <laughs> yeah so he her, was like if you complete uh-huh. this list this is everything <laughs> this you is will get <laughs> so her life insurance five hundred thousand dollars possibly more with double indemnity question mark with him missing slash dead, I get the whole thing. All her other assets are joint. Go to him if missing, unknown if he is dead. And his assets includes all joint property if missing. When he gets all joint property, also gets joint payout. Knoxville House. Homeowner's insurance, possibly, but probably worthless after fire or flood. They owe $100,000. The Sir Goinesville house appraised at $400,000, worthless with Renee on property. Renee is his aunt. Okay. And her car, his SUV, his boat, his old truck. Not paid for and paid for. So he's listing out what his potential payout is Mm -hmm. if he is able to go through all this right so we don't know exactly what happened because he did not take the stand but here is the state's theory he so we there's surveillance video of lisa the mom at walmart earlier that evening earlier that day Mm -hmm. buying a full list of groceries so they there's cameras of her coming out But while she was at Walmart, the theory is that he was at home with his dad. Potentially, dad was working out. They had a small little workout room uh, where they had like a weight machine or a Bowflex. But sorry, the theory is that he did something to the garbage disposal Mm -hmm. and was like, hey, dad, can you come check it out? And dad was like, no. You figure it out. You broke it. You figure it out. Dad's like, I've headed up to here with you asking me to do things for you. He's like, I'm hitting my stride. <laughs> Grow up. You won't pay your own bills. Fix your own garbage disposal. Oh, no shit. And he, he was like, fuck, now my plan's foiled. <laughs> but actually, Back to it the was. List. But actually, it was. Yeah, because his whole entire list is mm-hmm. contingent on... Dad coming downstairs and making and putting himself in a position where he'd be bent over and looking away into the garbage disposal and he would what whack his dad? Or? I literally like have this image of him with like his list and being like, okay, now what? Like shuffling through the papers, like plan B, plan B. And it doesn't right? say what to do if the answer is no. <laughs> the evidence leads that. 
then he must have gone upstairs to where dad was yeah. in this workout room because the bow flex was sideways and thrown about. There was evidence of just a struggle in that room. Once the cops got there, it's in that room, that workout room, where they found senior severed hands laying by themselves in a corner. Sorry, seniors' clothes were in a pile in that workout room. Like, t- workout shoes, his workout clothes was all in a pile um, because he had completely undressed them. I feel like this wasn't part of the plan. I don't think so. Yeah. And then he um, cut his dad. We don't know what tools he used for this specifically. But for Senior, he stabbed him 42 times with his killing knife. Ouch. Yeah. He punctured the lung and the liver. He cut his hands at the wrist. He cut both of his arms at the shoulder. Cut him off. Cut both of his legs at the hip. Ouch. And from that leg, he also removed the right foot from the ankle. Okay. Now, we don't know if... The dismemberment of the dad happened after, but he didn't have that much time from the time that he probably attacked his dad to when Lisa got home. Mm -hmm. So there was obviously a struggle with dad because Junior has defensive wounds on him. So at some point, dad got the knife on him and was attacking dad. Yeah, dad scrapped. He he did he did a nice little number on him. But at some point, Lisa got home. We don't know if she interrupted or he had just taken a pause because he, you know, just killed dad. He had a lot of work to do. Um, Also, just to paint a picture, this is is a guy who probably doesn't even know how to spell Jim. The son? Yeah. Spells it J-I-M. Probably. (laughs) Uh, Mom gets home. Obviously comes in the front door because there's a set of groceries in there. Which included ice cream and meat, so we know she didn't get past that foyer. Yeah. Foyer. And the theory is that Junior came and met her and either said, Mom, help me, I'm hurt, mm-hmm. and showed him showed her his hand that was bleeding. Yeah. Or said, Dad is hurt, come upstairs. Okay. Either is likely. Right? So, either way, he got her upstairs. Mm -hmm. Um, He stabbed her 31 times. Oh, wow. uh, Completely breaking nine ribs in the process. He severed her legs right at the knees. So, he he didn't do it at the groin like dad, but he did it at the knees for mom. Yeah. And he cut off her arms at the shoulder. Mm Mm-hmm. And he removed her head. I don't understand why people want to do that. Then put it in a pot. Oh, no. Filled it with the acid. And that's what he was basting and what the cops saw on the stove. Oh, the therapy. When they walked in. Oh, God. So. They're EAP providers, man. Like He... Put his mom's head in a fucking pot 
and was planning on cooking it till it was bone, I'm sure. So because he, the cut on his hands, and I'll show you guys the picture of his intake picture, it shows a really, like, good cut on his, like, thumb area yeah. on his left hand, uh, which is very clearly defensive food. Or, that, or a that slip happens, of a knife, too. Yeah, that happens mm-hmm. sometimes, I've heard in um, stabbings, because, like, their hands get slippery from the blood, and yes. then they go to gouge down, and their hand slides down the knife. So why I don't think it was that is, and, I'll, and again, these, this is a story better told by pictures, the knife that he had has a very nice grip on it and a bar between the yeah. knob and the, yeah, and the I, knife, I, you know what I, I mean? I get what you mean, yeah. Um, so to prevent slippage. Yeah. Right? So because he's so hurt, poor little baby Joel runs over to Walmart. Mm-hmm. The same Walmart that he had, um, that his mom had been in earlier, and there's surveillance video of him buying like bandages and all these first aid things for his hand. So he purchases those, goes back home. You know, he continues the process. So I think so. Obviously, police caught on really fast that he was involved. Plus, mm-hmm. you know, his sister confirmed that he was there that weekend. So he was the only other person there that weekend. I think the catalyst or what completely set him off. Cause I don't know if this was the timing he was hoping for. Yeah. Right. But the Saturday between Thanksgiving and when he murdered them on Sunday, that Saturday, he took the road trip with his dad to take the boat from the Knoxville house to the Sigourinsville house because that's just one of the things they needed to move and it was a quick turnaround but they had a three-hour road trip each way so very likely knowing that the dad was fed up had that conversation with him again yeah about him moving out right about him getting cut off so very likely in that in the murders happened the next day, that Sunday. Right. So very likely that that conversation got heated again in mm-hmm. the three-hour car ride because there's only so much you can talk about other than, have you gotten your shit together yet? Yeah. <laughs> By the time we, we cut you off. So that was... Um, so everything... So all the body parts except for his hands that were in the workout room and her head that was in the pot were in the blue bins, and they were in the bathroom. So, obviously, he got interrupted, or something happened, mm-hmm. right? Um, because, well, not that he's a genius, but he had, he a, had plan. a plan. Yeah. He had a plan. Um, or that he just got into it and was like, this is too hard. That's another thing. That's another theory, yeah. that he just wasn't in shape. He was not expecting that. He wasn't expecting that cutting through tendons and muscles and bones was going to be. is a big deal. Yeah. Right. So, and I don't know what tools he used to do that. Yeah. So, if he was using his non-killing knives, it could have been harder, I guess. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, he had the carving knives. That Right. So. For that. Um, but, like. Chainsaw. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, we're fresh off of Thanksgiving, and I know, like, watching my mom take apart that turkey mm-hmm. looked very exhausting. <laughs> so, I can't even imagine if you multiply that. And that's a cooked turkey. Yeah, and that's a gutted turkey. Like, uh-huh. that doesn't even have anything except for, like, the 
bones inside right. there. But we know it wasn't sudden. I know that the the car ride the day before might have pushed him over the edge to go ahead and and start and you know live out his plan. Mm-hmm. But we know that he had started buying supplies at least 19 days before. So on November 7th, okay. There's videos uh, surveillance of him at Ace Hardware in Baton Rouge. So he did these purchases back where his back in college. Uh-huh. Um where he bought the commercial grade hydrogen peroxide and we I mean this is hard stuff. Like hydrogen peroxide is commercial grade that's meant to disintegrate shit. Um he also went to Lowe's on that same November 7th and bought the pipe wrench and the Clorox wipes that he was using the the wrench to take off the the handheld shower thing or to put on a handheld shower thing mm-hmm. and Clorox wipes because, you know, he's trying to clean up. On November 18th, 11 days later, he went to Home Depot and he bought extension cords and he bought the self-timer thing that would set off the the curling iron and the mm-hmm. heater to start potentially this fire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also where he bought the be- the bleach sprayer, which is one of those pump action things that you pressurize because he was planning on spraying down the entire house with bleach. Um, and then on the 19th is when he bought what they call a K-bar knife, which is a serrated knife. Yeah. Um, I, I think I could best describe it as a hunting type knife. Yeah. Like it's, it's not a, it's a killing knife. It's probably... <laughs> I know which ones you're talking about though. Um, and then on the 21st is when he went to Walmart and bought the blue bins that his sister saw for Thanksgiving in his car. Can you imagine if he'd put in the effort into like getting a job as he did <laughs> for all this this whole thing i know we wouldn't even have an issue like His this list... is taking a lot more mm-hmm. work than going yeah. to work absolutely i mean you can make money sp- selling spit on youtube at this point if you want to <laughs> like the the right after the the murders um because you know at this point he fucking probably thought i did it mm-hmm. i'm done yeah yay me he logged onto the computer and paid for his bills in advance, for his rent in advance, for his tuition in advance. He was real confident that he wasn't going to prison. So, and he did that because somewhere in one of his uh, notebooks, there's a note that says, uh, you know, time for a payout is going to be like three months from life insurance money and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So he was thinking ahead. I can't, <laughs> I can't live, survive three months on, you know, God forbid I go and get a job for three months while the payout happens. Well, yeah. And their funds <laughs> were frozen during the investigation. So. so he went ahead and paid for all that in advance. So something really weird. Wait, he's not a complete moron though. I mean, no, like, I wouldn't yes have even no. thought about that. I would not have even thought about that. Of like the, the, the time fact lag. that their their funds would be frozen, he would have to wait a long time for the payout. Yeah. So before they freeze their funds, yeah, to pay all your bills. That's true. He's I, I still a fucking moron, but uh, that is smart. I mean, it is dumb though to like front all this money under the assumption that you're not going to go to prison, right. and now all of these lenders have money that you're not going to right. ever make good on. 
Um, something really weird. He, he had this roommate, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this is my own assumption. Come at me. There's a prison recording of him talking to his roommate, saying something along the lines of, like, I couldn't be happy, but I want you to find someone... I, you, you know, you need to be happy. You'll be fine. Just consider me dead because I'm in prison. There might have been a romantic I was going to say that there. sounds like... That's not something you say to your roommate. No. No, it's not. So, it was weird in that sense. Uh, obviously, we know he was socially inept, so he didn't have there's no mention of girlfriends or anything my own thinking of it is maybe he had a lifestyle that he wanted to keep up for this person yeah you know keeping the house paid keeping the bills up um i don't know if if that's something that this person became accustomed to or just uh maybe he was lying about how he was getting his money and whatnot you know so that's just one of my theories on there, but we know the motive was money. Yeah. 100% financial motive. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. I mean, he said, all mine, $500,000, half a million dollars to someone who doesn't work is a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot to everyone, but, you know, big chunk of change. So, he was brought in, I think couple days later, because I'm sure, you know, cops are not going to just go and say, No, they're hey, building you. their case, yeah. <laughs> no, but he was arrested right away on the 29th. So, five days after Thanksgiving, two days after the murders, he was arrested and brought in. Um, although Tennessee is a death penalty state, they did not push for the death penalty. He started with a plea of not guilty, mm-hmm. which... That didn't stick. But his defense did not even try an insane Well, you couldn't. Thing. Um, there's nothing about this that sounds like insanity. It sounds like... The cutting? The dismemberment? Well, no more so than uh, anyone else that's ever committed that crime and not been insane. I mean, I think it takes so a certain weird. level of sickness and insanity, but... But it never... It ne- but the fact that it's so meticulously it. thought out and premeditated and everything like that, I would fail to see an insanity plea there. Well, they didn't even try it, so... Now, if there's he- a spoiled brat plea, then <laughs> that's something. So there was a... Um, the trial happened this year. Like I said, it wrapped up in September of 2020. He was guilty on all charges. He'll be in prison for the rest of his life. Um, but that's it. Wow. That's the story of Joel Guy Jr. killing his parents and dismembering them. That's so weird. So fucking weird. Killing is one thing. Cutting up. Is another thing. Putting your mom's fucking head in a pot. That's sick. And saying you're going to baste it. You're fucking crazy. Yeah, that's really gross. You're fucking gross and crazy. That's it. That's the story. Any questions? Remarks? (laughs) Questions? Comments? (laughs) Concerns? 
yeah, let me know what you guys think. I'm going to be posting the body cams as much as I can. The On entire, the group. Yes. Yeah. Um, the entire trial is on YouTube. If you're going to watch any of it, I believe it was a four-day trial. I will invite you to watch day two because that's when all the evidence is presented. Mm-hmm. And day four, which is the closing arguments, and that's when they wrap it all nicely for you. Put a nice little exactly. Bow on it. They go over everything. They're letting the the jury know why the evidence that was presented is, you know, leading them to this uh, to guilty. So, uh, I would say day four, day two, and day four are the most important days. Um, day one, if you like the system, watching the system unfold, but. Um, it's a lot of time. Uh, I believe day two is a two-hour day. And it's all on YouTube because it all had to be recorded or it was televised, uh, A, because of its sensationalism, mm-hmm. and two, because we're in COVID times. So mm-hmm. there wasn't too much of a presence in the courtroom because of social distancing. So yeah. for family that would have normally wanted to be there... Um, they couldn't be, excuse me, um, they did that. Really sad part of the story, too, is that his grandma got really sick, pretty sure had some heart condition that put her in the hospital, I think, uh, that Tuesday when the news broke to the entire family, mm-hmm. um, and then she died the day after they buried her son, Joel Guy Sr., um, and she was in the hospital, so she couldn't go to his funeral either. So. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. Just... So family was torn apart. Yeah, I'll you bet. know, um, the, All their impact statements, I invite you to watch those, too. It'd be weird to give an impact statement about your parents or, like, people in your family, plus the perpetrator being... A family member? Yeah, that Absolutely. would be very weird. But they always thought he was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's weird that they, we don't know much about his childhood. I would love to know more about his childhood, but, um, if that ever comes up, I'll let you guys know, but, uh, what else is on the internet to show you guys? Lots of crime scene photos. I'll, I'll do the, the evidence photos just so you guys have them. There's pictures of the pot, which we could probably post because there's nothing gruesome in there unless you know what's in there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, as I was watching the body cams, I was just like, holy shit. What if that cop would have opened that pot right there and it'd be like, oh, what's cooking? And seen her head? I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's just... The thought of that. Ew. Okay, so yeah, if you guys want to head on over to the group to watch those um, extras, I invite you. Nice. You are now invited. <laughs> Consider yourself invited. Please. Um, and for today's What the Florida story, I bring a story to you from 2018, July of 2018. This man is a tourist, Mr. Coronado is a tourist on one of Florida's beaches, and he's walking down the boardwalk, and he is looking for directions with his friend, and they ask this homeless man for directions, I don't know to where. But apparently there was a fight mm-hmm. and the homeless man stabbed the tourist 
the guy goes to the hospital, this guy goes to jail. But what makes it a Florida story... Is that he was sniffing bath salts? Is that he had no hands. Oh my God. So the homeless man used his feet to hold the knife and that's how he stabbed the guy in the arm. How? I don't understand. Was he in a wheelchair or something? I have no idea. I don't even understand the logistics of that. He was holding the you knife. You really have the feet. advantage here. Like. <laughs> He can't run and stab at the same time. So, sorry. You just don't get it. All you had to do is take one giant step backwards. Oh my gosh. So yeah, this guy got stabbed by a guy with no arms. Is that the headline? Man gets stabbed um, by a man with no arms. Yeah, homeless man. Uh, homeless, um, armless man gets uh, charged with stabbing a person. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. All right. Alrighty. We have been getting recommendations for uh, our WTF segment. So if you would like to send any of those to us, there's a few ways you can do that. You can follow us on Instagram at a stranger danger podcast. You can email us a stranger danger podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, stranger danger colon a true crime podcast. And you can join the group where you can see all the extras at stranger danger colon murder lovers and you can find us on twitter using sd true crime pod thank you so much you guys thank you bye bye bye